Welcome to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're coming to you today from Studio A. Continued thanks and appreciation to our listeners. Thank you to Jake Dexter for providing our theme song. It's called In the Mix. You can find him at jakedexter.com or on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. This is part two of two as Corey and Trey join me to solve the problems facing college football. In this part, I present a very out-of-the-box idea to blow up the whole thing and start over with a completely different structure altogether. You can find the Gravity Beard podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else you consume podcasts. Do us a favor and go to iTunes, subscribe, write a review, and give us a good rating to help us grow our audience. Or as always, you can go to gravitybeard.com or Facebook. If you didn't hear part one, I want to take a minute to mention what we agreed were the primary issues with college football. For one, the current system does not objectively determine a true champion. Uh, Two, players struggle financially as they try to juggle school and football, uh, and they're not compensated for their contribution to the sport. Uh, Three, corruption and unethical behavior seems to be unavoidable, if not inherently built into the system. And fourth, how the league just deals with different rules violations. And while there's many others, these seem to be the most common issues raised by critics. And while no no solution is immune to criticism, I do believe that my idea adequately addresses each of these. So with that, let's get back into the discussion. Okay, so I set up the premise at the beginning of the episode. This isn't realistic. <clears throat> this won't happen. It's, it's kind of, if you're operating in a, in a vacuum without a lot of these external forces, the politics, the money, the whatever. Sure. This, this, is, this is what I would do. Okay. It only, it only relates to college football. I think you could come up with some version that applies to other sports, but we're talking about football. So I'm going to break down my idea for you in three different areas. Okay. How to structure the league, how each team works, uh, and then how it affects the player specifically down at the individual level. So here you go. You ready for this? Sure. You get rid of the NCAA altogether. Wipe it out. You replace it with a minor pro league. Just just like you do minor league hockey, minor league baseball, whatever. You create an actual professional minor league. So it's not on the same level as the NFL. It would just be considered kind of hypothetically at that next level below. Kind of, right. a, kind of a feeder league. But it is, it is not... It is but not but a, independent of... It's a completely independent organization, just okay. like these other pro sports leagues. These are these are organizations yeah. independent. So the student athlete BS goes out the window. We'll get to that. Okay. Okay. You can call it whatever you want. For conversation's sake, let's call it the CFL, the College Football League. Let's just hypothetically say that you've got four tiers of teams. Each tier has has thirty two teams in it. Now this is assuming that you've got uh, sixty four. I was assuming one hundred twenty eight teams. Okay. There may be a few less than that. So this only this only deals with Division One football. Okay. It, do, it doesn't deal with anything below that. So you've got you've got four tiers: tiers one, two, three, and four. You just call them that. Uh, there's 32 teams in each. Each tier has its own postseason tournament involving eight teams. Okay. So, and then there's there's whatever four rounds. You can determine the number of games, kind of like we discussed with your your scenario. And at least for tier one, you have a Super Bowl. Like you go through four weeks of, of playoffs in a tournament style, and, and you've got a Super Bowl, and boom, you got a champion. Maybe you make two tiers, tier one and tier two, and you got 64 teams and, you know, whatever. Those types of details you figured out. And then, so let, let's just say you've got two tiers, tier one and tier two with 64 teams each. You implement promotion and relegation situation just like you have in soccer. Are you familiar with that? No. Oh, they have to, they have to succeed to stay up. Yes. So, so the, very last, the very last team in that league, if you come in last, you get relegated down to the league below. 
Oh yeah, you know what? Uh, and the cha- and the champion Coleman was talking about this. Yes, day. I think it's one of the coolest yeah. ideas ever. You got to so, earn it. Yeah. So so if you're last in that league that year, it doesn't matter what happened or why. Maybe you, maybe you won the championship, but then you had a rash of injuries and you came in last. I'm sorry, that's just what happens. It's called relegation, and you get relegated down to the to the league, or in this case, the tier. Like you go from tier one to tier two, and then you have to win the championship in tier two to get promoted up to tier one. Up to tier one. Right. Okay. So I, I would I would suggest maybe using the relegation and promotion scenario. So that's that's the league. That's the structure of the league. Remember, Love it. Here here you go with the teams. There's a salary cap and there's a salary floor. Okay. Each team has an owner. Somebody, would it be the college or would it? Who would hang it be? on, I'll okay. get to that. All right. Okay. So each team has an owner. Teams maintain their affili- affiliations with the schools. So from the outside or from the students' perspective, nothing has changed. Okay. You play. You play at the same facilities, the same stadiums, same right. workout facilities. All that stays the same. It's not like a traditional minor league team where there's an affiliation where players move from one. So in other words, you wouldn't have like the SMU Mustangs associated with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you know, like Round Round Rock players only feed back and forth from from the Rangers. Right. I guess not anymore. But you understand, there's a direct affiliate. Other teams can't come and. You know, you only go to your your team above you. It's not like that at all. Right. There's no affiliations. No affiliations. With the pro team. Okay. Uh, so, you, so you still have Longhorns, Mustangs, like all of that is exactly the same. Uh, that's where the, that's the team name and all that, all that. So the traditions tradition stay in place. Uh, and then there's some sort of profit sharing agreement between the school and that particular team or franchise. That is the most interesting thing I've heard. It could work. That could work. So here's how it relates to the individual player. Players get salaries, just like they do in pro sports. Those salaries are negotiated. Like you have an agent, he negotiates your salary and your contract with, with, with that organization. Players are still recruited, like there's still a recruiting process. If you want to go out and recruit high school players to come play at your minor pro league organization, right? fine. So recruiting all stays in place. Right. Because I know that I mean, one of the reasons why you hire a certain coach is because he's got superior recruiting Right, just just like for example, in basketball or baseball or hockey, you've got scouts. Same thing. You go scout the talent. You go recruit the talent. They can they can declare for the NFL draft after one season. One in one season in this minor pro league, they can declare. They have unlimited eligibility. So they can they can enter in to play for this minor league team at the age of whatever seventeen eighteen. Mm-hmm. They can play there for fifteen years if they want to. Well, so how does that relate? To a, you know, them going to college, do they have to be? I'll get, I'll get to that as well. Okay. So, so they can they can play for one year, or as long as they want. They can play for one year. They can play for fifteen years. Scholarships are still offered. If the school wants to sweeten sweeten their contract deal, they can add a scholarship on top of it. Those scholarships never expire. So, for example, you might say to the guy, "I'm going to give you a scholarship that's worth four years of college, or 128 credits, or." Whatever it covers covers a college education, right? So you can take you can take one class, you can take six classes, like you have you have four years worth of college scholarship, right? But once you use it up, you, you can either blow through it in three or four years if you have time, or it could take six or eight years, whatever. And even after you stop playing for that team, if you if they offered that as part of your contract, you can continue to go to school and, and experience those benefits, even after you stop playing football. Okay. So if you move up to the NFL. If you want to. The rest of your life. Like, like if that was part of your contract when you signed up and it takes you 25 years to finish. You get it. You've got credits to earn a college degree at that college because that was negotiated in your contract. 
See what I'm getting at? Got it. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go to the school if they don't want to. They can just play for the football team. Okay. You have to be at least That's a high, interesting. You have to be at least a high school graduate or have a GED in order to qualify. You have to at least have finished some form of high school in order right. to do it. And you can have an agent as soon as you want. If if an agent's out scouting you and you're you're 12 years old, you can have an agent. It doesn't affect anything about your path forward. You can get an agent right away. Okay. You can get paid for autographs, likenesses, percentage of jersey sales. Like you can negotiate all that stuff in your if you're in your contract. If they're profiting off of you as as that personality and that player, you don't automatically get it. But but you can certainly negotiate and there's nothing illegal about you getting money for that. And you can have endorsement deals. You know. Probably the final thing is there'll be a players union. They, they, they institute a players union to back you up on these things, just like in pro sports. I think you have to. Sure, of course. They have to to maintain the rules. There's no question. So Right. So there you go. There's my idea. Who owns the team and how are they it's a, it's related owned, to the university? In it's, it's, owned, it's exactly like pro sports. It's owned by an ownership group. Yeah, so, so I would assume that in this instance, whoever the boosters or the guys that are supporting the school – they would they come together as an ownership group and buy the team. So then, how do you deal with how do you deal with a school that doesn't have the booster support or the financial wherewithal to own one of these teams? Well, it's kind of the same as it is now, right? You've got haves and have-nots. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it would if they just had a student athlete team, would the student athlete team be able to play in this system? Unless you can afford to set up a pro team, you're done. Then you're not in this. You're, you're not in this scenario. Which is probably the thing that you know. I've got this schedule for 128 teams. It's probably not going to be 128. It might be 80. It might be 90. It might be whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting about this though is that a team like TCU would start would start in this league. They would have started, let's say, 10 years ago. They would have been the lowest division. And right. at this point, TCU with you know 8,000 students based on their football success, would be playing up in the first division every season. Baylor, up well, in the first division. And it's kind of a capitalistic system, right? It's it's what you put in and is what you get out. Right. right. If you spend the money, if you hire the best coach, if you recruit the best athletes, if you do the most research, like you're you're getting you're getting a direct return on, on your investment in all of those areas. Absolutely. It's business. It's business already. It might as well be officially business. Okay, so that's my point. That that's really was the inspiration behind my entire idea because every time I heard people have a conversation like we had in the first half of this episode that's really what was was the underlying thing that that was the that was the elephant in the room. It's like really what we're talking. Everybody knows that, and people call it out once in a while. But we're talking about a business here. <clears throat> Excuse me, a, a very very profitable business with billions of dollars that are being spent. And, right. And so it is a business. So if it is a business, let's operate it like a business. So the re- the reason why why it's not working, why there's brokenness all over it, is because we're we're saying it's a business and we recognize that at times, but we're not operating it as a business. At least the people that are controlling the money are operating their portion of it as a business, whereas, and then they're making the athletes, they don't get to be part of the business. Which is taxation without representation. It's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> it, it, gives you, it gives you that kind of feeling. It's not like, there's serious and obvious injustice going on here. And the NFL could have a true minor league that fed them. Exactly. That's the other thing. A true minor league. So yes. a player in the NFL level is struggling at that level of competition, well, he can go down and get a contract exactly. play for the Longhorns again. That's exactly right. Right. Exactly right. So it could go both ways. Or, yeah, so I mean, it happens in all the other sports. You know, there, there's a 33-year-old guy that's playing minor league baseball, and he's perfectly happy to do it because he can still physically play and compete, maybe just not as high of a level. He still likes the money. He still loves the sport. It's still He'd rather do that than sell insurance. Whereas right now, you get four years, maybe five years max at college, 
the average NFL career is three or four years. It's not. It's, it's not twenty, right? Right. And then so now so now you're twenty six, and you didn't pay attention to school. You didn't really get a degree because you you were a great athlete. So you got out after two years. You got nothing to show for it. You don't have the motivation to go back and finish your degree. You're not qualified to do anything. And you're twenty six years old. And by the way, you've beat the hell out of your body. So even physically, you're broken down for someone your age. And you haven't been compensated a dime, and you've got three. You, you might have gotten a decent entry level NFL, you know, contract, and that's what you've got. And you've got to make that last for the next forty years. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Broken system. When you look at the at the issues that we've all, that we've established and discussed in this conversation, my idea touches all those bases. Oh, I totally agree. It just calls it out for what it is, and it operates it for what it is. Right? It takes care of the organization. It takes care of the school. It maintain maintains the history. It takes care of the individual. It balances the playing field between ownership and players. And, and it's a sustainable thing. And on top of everything else, it determines a true definitive champion without question. Without question. And a student athlete in, in starving on campus when the, when the school's making $20 million a year. Well, I mean, at that point, they're no longer student athletes. They're, they're, paid, they're paid professionals. That's right. Which, Who, which, which I'll tell you, I, I, would, I, I would venture to guess that if not a vast majority, I would certainly say a majority don't ever go to school, especially not while they're playing. Or, or, they or, just they, play. or they, I'm using air quotes, they go to school. I, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think they would go to school. I mean, There wouldn't be any reason to attend class right. at that point. And we all know that that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So again, it's something that we're saying, oh, no, 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 we've got a high graduation rate and this and that about their statistics related to student-athletes. Mm-hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. The highest-performing, most valuable student-athletes aren't doing anything for their school. They're no. not. They're not. Like the percentage of people, of, of athletes that are graduating with a real degree, a real applicable degree, degree out in the marketplace is a tiny, tiny percent mm-hmm. percentage. But in the serious schools, the student athletes are, are, are students. I mean, they, there's no, there's no quarter. They have to, they have to take the no, classes. The kids, the kids at Stanford are going to class. Oh, no, no, class. No, no. I, I get, okay. But again, that's a very small percentage. Yeah. No, so, absolutely. So, so take, 100%, take, take your top, agree. take your top 10 football programs in the country that finish mm-hmm. consistently in the top mm-hmm. 10. Show me the percentage of those athletes on the football team that are finishing with a four year degree. That they can oh, I, on the market. you're right. What is it's that a very small, very small. Percentage. Is it even double digits? So, let, so let's folks, let's just call it what it is. It's a business. And my, my program or my structure says, Hey man, if, if you're interested in school and you want to negotiate that as part of your contract, Great. We're going to give you a year. We're going to give you two years. We're going to give you four year, a four-year scholarship that you can use for the rest of your life so that when you're done with your pro career at the age of 27, go here's school credits. Go finish your degree. So you, you started this by saying that, you know, this is operating in a vacuum, okay, but we don't operate in a vacuum. Right. Right. That's correct. So there's obviously a multitude of issues that span a number of different topics, okay, um, but you know, one of them is if you do this for football, do you have to do this for all the other sports? I mean, you know, you know, to my knowledge, there's not a professional field hockey league. And if there is, you know, I'm not really aware of it. I found out yesterday, and I may have should have known this, there's actually a professional softball league that I wasn't aware of existing. I think, I think they just started so, the first, first season here in town. You know, yeah, and so, you know... I, what do you do with that? Because that you know, the truth is, is that I mean, they don't need a farm system. Some of these, some of these programs. I mean, you know, there's there's no professional women's soccer league in the United States yet. Women's college soccer is a huge sport. It's a big deal, you know. 
So the initial answer to your question is very simple, and you're not going to be surprised at the answer. The answer is the reason we're having this whole conversation is because there's a lot of money involved. Sure. And so if there's something that's valuable out in the marketplace, then the proper structure needs to be put around it so it can do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, if women's water polo isn't a money generator, we're then, not going to have this that, that, system. It doesn't work in the system yeah. because because there's not a monetary value for it out in the marketplace. Like we're, we're, what we're talking about is is eliminating the corruption and the problems that are related to all the money that's that's unjustly being dealt with the way that it is. Yeah, it's really about the money, right? That's the issue right here. It is, but a lot of times people don't want to look at it that way. You know, they you know they want to look at a college I football agree. college I sports agree. as as an emotional thing, as a loyalty thing. You know, and they want. You know, we look back at we look back on those times in our life um, sentimentally, and we want sure. the sentimentality to be there. We want them to play for, you know, you want people to play for A and M because they love A and M. You know what I mean? I don't agree with that. I think what people what people want if they're a, a, a current or former student of a school is they want their school to win. I don't I don't think they really care whether or not the athletes care about going to AM. As long as when they get out on the field, they outperform the opposing team. That's re- that's really what every alumni or alumni and current student wants. They want to win. They want a winning team. I totally agree. <clears> with they that. want to win. But I'm I'm telling you, you, you will have some you'll have some pushback. There'll be a lot of you know, a lot of people that are like, you know, this isn't wrong. This is supposed to be they're supposed to be student athletes. You're gonna have that pushback. It may they may be they may be looking at it incorrectly or they may be actually looking at it um, through rose-colored glasses, but they're still going to—they're sure. still going to do that. I understand, and I think there's going to be a large percentage of the population that does do that. Still, I think that right. again, where we're talking about—you know—if you're operating in a vacuum, these are great points. I think that these are are things that could fix a very broken system. You know, is it realistic that that any of any any form of this gets gets done? It's a long road. Now, Long road I, to get from where we are now to work to that. I don't think anything about my idea would ever be implemented. Mm-hmm. I think they'll continue to come up with ridiculous plans that don't completely solve all the issues that Trey outlined. I mean, I think the schools alone would say, "No way, we're getting how much do we get for a bowl appearance?" Okay, so four million dollars for a major bowl appearance. But, that, or but that's what I'm saying is, is part of my program is is come up with a, with a compensation agreement between the organization and the school. Okay. Because the trade-off there is, hey, you're still using our image. You're still using our facilities. Sure. You're still in, you yeah. know, there's still that link. That's the link between the school and the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, the merchant, merchandise, all that stuff. That, cause, cause, so every every point that, that we're... Well, then you also you have the difference between public and private schools, too. But it, but it works the same. I know that. But then you've got ownership concerns within, you know, a public entity... And in a private organization, you've got. But, but it's not it's not ownership concerns. It's just a contract, like mm-hmm. anything else. It's a negotiated contract. Yeah. All the things that we're it, discussing. It's not that it can't be worked around. It's just, all, all the things that we're discussing mm-hmm. are money related, right? So if you get sure. to the right if you get to the right dollar amount, it's funny how that problem just goes away. Yeah. Yeah. So you brought up, hey, they're getting a bunch of money for bowls. Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's negotiate that dollar amount. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to give you that four million dollars. Oh, okay. Well, now I don't care as much. Right. Like it goes away. You, you, no, you, you're right. You, you I, get I the agree. dollar amount to address that issue, then there's no longer an issue. Mm-hmm. It's it's always it's ninety nine percent about the money. And all this, and then I, this sounds ridiculous, but it's true. 
all the athlete scandal stuff that the academics at universities freak out about, they're separated from it. Goes away. You bet. Because you had no expectation that they were going to class or anything anyways. No, they're pros. Pros right. are going to act up sometimes. Right. It's not a reflection on the university. And, and by the way, you know, can you... Can you terminate somebody for for some kind of morality clause? Sure, it's all it's all a negotiated it's all, contract. All, yeah, you're right. It's, it's all, all a contract. contract. It's dealt with exactly like professional sports contracts. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic idea. It's too bad it's not going to happen. <laughs> Could happen. We'll make it happen. Next podcast is how we're going to make it happen. I can talk about it for an hour on a podcast. I can't actually make it happen. That's the that's the real tragedy here. If if you can actually implement this system. I bet we get some a few more viewers on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, if I, <laughs> I think a few people will perk up and say, "Hey, it all came out of oh, it all came out of the <laughs> podcast episode." Just three clowns that don't know what they're talking about. All right, so um, there's my idea. There's I my, love it. There's my plan. I hope I delivered on the tease that today we're going to fix college football. We fixed it. I think we fixed it. We fixed it. All three, all three of my problems gone. Just went away. Gone. All right. Uh, we got anything else we want to close with? Do we do we have anybody else we need to make fun of or anything? I don't think so. We're waiting for Scott to come back. We can deal with it then. <laughs> hats off to hats off to Buddy Ryan. God uh, rest his soul. Pour one out. Pour yeah. one out for Buddy Ryan. Eighty five bears. He was uh, he was something. The only uh, the only uh, NFL coordinator hired that I saw get into a fist fight on the sideline of the football game. He was a legend. Indeed. Indeed. This is the Gravity Beer Podcast. I'm here with uh, Corey and Trey. Thank you guys for being here. Thank, Thank you for having us. You can find us at gravitybeer.com uh, or on iTunes or Google Play or any place else you find uh, podcasts. Uh, go out to iTunes and write a review for us. Uh, read us, uh, comment. Any kind of activity we can get on there is helpful for the podcast and grows the show. Uh, head out to our Facebook page and give us a like there as well. Finally, past basketball. We're into the summer. We're going to be talking about other things. So, if you've been a listener to the podcast up to this point, uh, thank you so much for doing so. And I uh, hope that you continue to do that. And uh, we'll see you on the next show. Thanks a lot. We also want to thank the band Electric Guest for providing a clip from the song Awake and that we use for transition music in this episode. Thanks, guys. Wow.